Welcome to From Fear to Fire, Secrets to Overcome Fear, Embrace Your Gifts, and Achieve Success. This is the place where real people share real challenges, where you can find a common bond and uncommon wisdom through their journeys to help you move from fear to fire. I am Heather Hansen O'Neill, and I am your host, and I'm thrilled to be back with you again this week. Today, our quote is by Thomas S. Monson, and it is, when performance is measured, performance improves. When performance is measured and reported, the rate of improvement accelerates. And that is what we're going to be talking about today with our amazing guest. Jokingly nicknamed the accountability pit bull, Anne Backrack has firmly established her position as the country's foremost expert on accountability. She believes that personal accountability is the single most powerful tool to help professionals accelerate their results in business and in life. She's been podcasting since 2008, sharing her business success principles and resources on the Accountability Coach podcast. And she started the Accountability Minute, which is a daily, single, simple, doable idea on July 3rd in 2018 and hasn't missed a day since she started. Anne is the author of many books, including Excuses Don't Count, Results Rule, Live Life with No Regrets, The Work-Life Balance Emergency Kit, and she's also a co-author in the Roadmap to Success book, along with Stephen Covey and Ken Blanchard. Let's bring her on. Anne, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Heather? Fantastic. It's a beautiful day. It is here for for me also. (laughs) Well, that that definitely helps, doesn't it? It sure does. You know, it's I'm just always grateful, actually, to just get up in the morning. Right? (laughs) Exactly. When we put things in perspective, like, okay, I'm breathing today, I'm getting up, you know, it puts everything else sets it on the right path. I think that's so true. All right. So I have so many questions for you. And I'm going to, I'm going to come back to what you may have overcome, but I really want to have our listeners understand right away when we're talking about accountability and we're mentioning accountability coach and, and all of that, I'm not sure that everyone out there is, has had one or is familiar with it. So help them understand by letting us know what is an accountability coach and why might someone need one? Well, I believe the number one reason that stops people from achieving what they really want in life is simply a lack of accountability. You know, wouldn't it be great if our good intentions worked the way we think they should? You know, not even enthusiasm guarantees positive results. You know, there's often a wide gap between our intentions and our actions and poor follow through. In other words, consciously deciding to do something, but then not doing it is a fact of life for many of us. Mm-hmm. We fail to take the action necessary to be in alignment with, the, with our good intentions. And of course, that's very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And you know, that poor follow through takes a toll on virtually every aspect of our lives. It not only threatens our health, It also prevents us from achieving our personal, financial, and business goals that really are well within our reach. Mm -hmm. Our good intentions don't magically lead to good results. They're a start, but they're unfortunately not enough. That's just the truth. Mm 
So for me, I believe in that an accountability coach really specializes in helping you create work-life balance. I really believe in work-life balance. We're not one-sided individuals. They've road tested all the business success systems themselves that help you achieve your goals. They help you get crystal clear on your professional and personal goals, short-term and long-term. They keep you consistently focused on your highest payoff activities necessary to achieve your goals so you can ultimately enjoy having your ideal business and your ideal life. Now, Heather, as I see it, an accountability coach is not a therapist, a nutrition (laughs) expert, or a fitness trainer. They are really a process expert guiding your journey and coaching you to your destination with the end result accomplished by you. So when appropriate, of course, they would recommend other professionals or specialists to assist you in achieving your goals, like a therapist, and I have done that before, or a nutrition expert or a fitness trainer. So the bottom line is really your accountability coach holds you accountable to following through with your good intentions. Mm -hmm. I am such a huge proponent of using accountability to help you to succeed. But as you were describing it, it struck me, you know, I've heard the term, many of us have probably heard the term where we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their actions mm-hmm. because you were using the intentions and the actions. I think this is the difference right here. We need to move from intention into action, right? And then give other people the, the benefit of the doubt with what they might be hoping to accomplish or want to do or, or uh, their intentions behind it. But I think for us, if we want success, we need to be able to have someone to help guide us and follow through and take accountability. I think that's super important. Absolutely. I mean, for example, we have gym equipment in our house and I walk by it every day, (laughs) you know, thinking, oh yeah, I should get on that. And the reality is, is that I have good intentions, but if I don't pay a trainer to work out with, and I drive to my trainer, I'm not going to work out. And I know that enough about me that my good intentions don't produce the results. So I have to have a trainer that I, you know, pay for scheduled time with and go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and when you invest, when you invest the money, when you pay for it, somehow the commitment seems that much stronger, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when things are free, you don't have as much invested That's true. That's true. Although I will tell you that my son, I don't pay him for it, but he definitely motivates me to get out running even when I don't want to like um, this morning, for instance, (laughs) it helps. It helps, but definitely more so when you're invested. So the name of your book, I, I just love this excuses. Don't count results rule. I think that is fantastic. And it's got a great message in there. So was there something that led to that title or is there a story attached to it? 
<laughs> well, I have a motto. My motto is excuses don't count unless you're dead. <laughs> and I know that sounds a little bit harsh. And I wanted to name the title of my book that. Mm -hmm. And when I was sharing that with some people, they're like, okay, and yeah, that is just really a bit too harsh. So they said, you need to come up with something a little bit different. So I said, okay, well, excuses don't count. Results rule. So results do rule. So I came up with that. And every time I tell people excuses don't count unless you're dead, they think that's funny. They said, no, you should have named it that. I said, well, I got feedback that I shouldn't do that. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny with the feedback because um, my my first book, I, I had this, you know, find your fire theme, right? And my publisher would not let me go with that. They said it was too vague. So we had to narrow it down, find your fire at 40. I'm like, no, because there's more than 40 year olds that can, that need fire. But yeah, you know, sometimes we take the advice of other people, right? That's what we're here to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, the reality is, is you know, you want to achieve your goals. And so in other words, you want to be all in. And the way I looked at it as excuses don't count. They don't count for anybody, right? They don't matter. They don't help you. They don't help anybody. So excuses don't count unless you're dead. And I used to tell my clients that I said, look, yeah, if you're dead there, that's your excuse. <laughs> but if you're not dead, you know, and you're showing up, not a hundred percent committed to achieving your goals, you're not going to really get to where you ultimately want to go. So you really can't be, I don't believe, just 99% committed because there's that 1% that's stopping you from really achieving ultimately where you want to go. I love that. And you know, in that book, you have you talk about something that I think is super important and that is eliminating words like try or can't. Tell us a little bit more about what that means for you and the people you work with. Oh, I hear that so much. Like I'm sure you probably do, mm -hmm. you know, simply put, either you decide to do something or you don't, mm -hmm. you will commit to achieving your goals and doing whatever it takes, or you won't. I don't believe that trying to achieve your goals is the same thing as committing to achieve them and then actually doing the work required. So let me give you a simple, I'll give you a personal example. Actually, I'll, you know, lift up the kimono and share a personal <laughs> example here. So um, I was um, basically one day talking to a friend of mine and I said to him, I can't do something. And he whipped around and stared at me and he said, what did you just say to me? And I, I stood there for a minute. I was like, whoa, 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 well, what did I just say? And I said, well, I guess what I meant to say was, I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that I can't do it. It's that I don't know how to do it. So I need to figure out how to do it. And, you know, the reality is we all, even me, all have moments where we say things that are defeating mm -hmm. and we need someone in our life to help get us back on the right track and where we want to go. So have you ever heard people say something like, you know, I can't do this or, you know, I'm not good enough at this or I'll try to do this. Mm -hmm. And these words are helping you believe 
in those things. So I constantly hear my clients say, I'm going to try to make my calls, or I'm going to try to execute this process and do it right. I'm going to try to get this outcome. And I said, you know, you're, you're either going to do it or you're not. So are you going to do it? Or are you not going to do it? Because you're not going to try to do it. it. You have to choose one or the other. Right. Right. And, oh. the, you know, I mean, I hear it all the time and they're, you know, you're basically telling yourself you're not really committing to what you want. So you really want to focus on what is it that you really want and execute words of confidence for what you really want. So you're focused on what you want, not what you don't want. And when you try to do something, you're not really focused on what you want. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the main thing that really resonates for me is the awareness of the language that we're using. Yes. Because like what your friend said, what did you say? And we need, I, we need someone like that on our shoulder saying, wait, what did you say? Because, and this is what I talk about is like, understanding that the first step is to become aware of what we're saying to ourselves, what belief caused us to say that to ourselves, and then choose to change it if, if it's something that we need to change because it's not working for us, it's not serving us, it's not empowering us. And I love like you're, and I'm going to jump right into the other phrase that I love, which is your nickname, the accountability pit bull. Because as you were talking about when people say try and can't, I saw the pit bull. But um, is there another story behind how you got that nickname? How I got the nickname of the pit bull? It's, it's just basically I had, I was working with um, some advisors and they just were saying, boy, you just are, you know, relentless. I had one gentleman who, I, actually, it's kind of come up several times, actually. <laughs> I, even my husband was saying to me, you need to like let him off the hook or be a little nicer. And I said, well, he told me he wanted to lose weight. So <laughs> if he keeps eating these things and I keep letting him do it when he's saying out loud that he wants to lose weight, I don't think I'm helping him any if he's voicing it verbally in front of us. I don't think I'm helping him any by letting him get away with like eating bad things and not exercising. And in this particular example, and I've had several, this gentleman ended up losing his weight. He went on, I lose it, or is it? Yeah. Uh, or it's just lose it. Uh, he went on the lose it app and he went down to his high school weight. Mm, wow. And not only, I mean, and he wasn't super overweight, but he was overweight enough that, I mean, he had things that weren't healthy, right? Mm -hmm. Our blood numbers aren't healthy. You know, when we're overweight, there's a lot of things that put excess weight on our bones and things like that, that just aren't healthy for us. And when he got down to his high school weight, I mean, his blood numbers changed. He was just a healthier human being. And it's all, you know, that's important. And he actually thanked me for that when my husband was giving me a hard time and telling me to not be such a pit bull, I know about it with him. And I said, look at, and he ended up, you know, really appreciating me being, you know, the pit bull on top of him for doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I mean, I have several stories of that where, and that's, you know, where people kind of said, boy, you're just a pit bull, aren't you? And I said, 
oh yeah i guess i am <laughs> they don't but it's all like it's all in the moment right yeah but later on if they're thanking you it's worth it <laughs> but but i mean it's really it's their way of showing appreciation because you know really to me accountability is telling people you know not what they want to hear it's telling them what they need to hear because they're really asking you for help. Right, right. Because we let ourselves off the hook a little bit too much, don't we? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'm a big proponent of consciously choosing. And so in, uh, I believe it was your second book, you talk about choices a lot. And mm -hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Have you ever heard somebody say something like, you know, I wish I hadn't offered to do this, mm -hmm. or I missed my kids soccer match, or whatever it was your kids were doing, because I was too busy working. I wish I had spent more time with my children when they were growing up. I regret doing whatever it was you were doing. I didn't really want to do blank, but I felt pressured or I felt obligated. I'm telling you, I kept hearing this over and over and over again. And for years and years and years, I heard people saying this and I felt sad for them. Mm -hmm. And I felt so terrible that they regretted so much of their life. And I really didn't want to live my life with regrets and realize that making choices was a big part of having regrets or not having regrets. And, you know, when, if, when you read the first chapter, actually in my book, you know, live life with no regrets, you really learn to redefine the meaning of the word choice. Mm -hmm. And we make choices basically every second of every day doing and, you know, what are your choices that you're making? Are the choices helping move you forward to where you want to go? Are your choices moving you backwards? Are your choices keeping you where you're at? And I just, I really want people to think about their choices more so that they don't live a moment of their life with regret. And that was just really so important to me when I just heard people for years just saying all these things that just made me sad for them. Yeah. I, I am not a fan of regret at all. And it, it was driven home to me um, when I heard my father expressing so many regrets at the end of his life. And I'm like, I don't I, this is a great lesson for me to, to take something away and learn from, from him. And, you know, those choices are what it's all about because they're your choices, right? We have no one else to blame for that. We get to choose. And there's a lot of power in that. So I, I love, love, love that. Now, I know how important work-life balance is for you. You've mentioned it in referencing some of your other books and some of the mm -hmm. other stories, but that's really what your workbook is, is all about, right? Mm -hmm. So, so do you help people discover or choose for themselves in there? Yeah, it, it really, my work-life balance, I call it my emergency kit. <laughs> it's really a very long workbook 
um, it really came about because I had one of my one-on-one clients one day, he said, you know, hey, Anne, I bet you pretty much say the same thing to each of your clients. And I said, well, I guess basically over time, I probably do say a lot of the same things or similar things, you know, based on where they're at and what they're doing and what's happening. And he said, well, why don't you just write it all down? Mm. I thought, well, that's interesting. I guess I could document that. So every time I was coaching somebody about a concept or about something, I started writing it down. And I ended up with 34 lessons. And there's more now. I just haven't updated the book. But I have a lot more lessons that I could put into the emergency kit. But I just came up with originally 34 lessons that put it together. And I really believe everybody has to come up with their own goals. They have to want their goals enough. I can't want it more than they do. You know, and I realized that in the beginning, when I first started coaching people over 25 years ago, that I can't want their goals more than they do, Mm -hmm. because I was wanting some people's goals more than they did. And it wasn't helping them any. And it was frustrating me. Yes. Yeah. You know, so it's like, hey, I I, and I realized that and, and I was getting frustrated because I was like, almost through me trying to help them to, you know, get them to do the work. And that doesn't work. And I said, look, you're either serious about this or you're not. And you and I again, I, I believe that people have to have work life balance. So when they work with me, you have to have personal and business goals. Mm-hmm. I had one lady that was divorced and had a bad taste in her mouth. And she didn't even want to consider dating. And I said, look, you have to have something around relationships. So, you know, let's just make a goal that you're going to be open at some point in time to dating, to having a relationship at some point in time. <laughs> Within yeah. a few months, she was dating. <laughs> oh, awesome. no, I mean, that, that shift, right, to being open instead of com- constantly closing energetically, right? it presents things. Exactly. And that happened to a gentleman. The same thing happened. He had a, a, a spouse die. And I said, look, let's, I know it's hard, but let's just set a goal to be open. And before you know it, he was in a relationship. And sometimes, yeah, it's just totally changes the dynamic, the energy. And I said, you don't have to decide to do anything with anybody. Let's just decide to be open to the notion. Mm-hmm. And it does shift a lot. So it, and, and it really is cool because it shifts it enough that it, it turns things really somewhat from a negative vibe yeah. into a very positive one. Mm. That's really important. And, and, you know, I love when you're, when you're saying that you, you were thinking through and you and someone recommended to you that, you know, is there, if there's a process that you use, can you just write it down? Because for anyone out there listening who has ever thought, oh, you know, I've always wanted to write a book and you didn't have an accountability coach, so you haven't written it yet. This is a great, this is a great tool is just to start journaling down the processes mm-hmm. that you use or, or the stories that you have, right? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 
All right, it's time. I've warmed you up enough. Now we're going to dive into the fears and the challenges. Okay. Oh, no. I know. So can you think of a time where you've had to overcome a challenge or a fear and, and what that looked like for you? Well, I guess the one that came up for me when I was thinking about this, Heather, is that um, many, many years ago, I was working for IBM and I had the security of the, you know, job. And at the time they were offering some of their people, the, what they called the out package to leave IBM because they were downsizing. So I decided to try to become an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and I've always had a job just like some people when you just, you just don't think about an entrepreneur as, as like an option, you know, you just, you leave school, you get a job. That's what you do. You just don't even think, Hey, an entrepreneur is even an option. And when I left IBM and took the quote out package, my mom thought I was crazy because she's mm -hmm. only known having jobs. And, you know, she just could never imagine me not having a job. And I told her, I said, you know, mom, if I really need money, I can always get a job at McDonald's. She really didn't think that was funny. <laughs> she really didn't. She was not happy with me at all. Mm -hmm. So I said, look, I have three months of three months of cash, cash reserves to live on, you know, thanks to the out package. And I, you know, make enough money that, um, you know. I don't really feel like I have to worry yet. So before I took the out package, just kind of as a side note, I worked for IBM, but I was also selling fashion jewelry at a very low price to people doing like the home parties or office parties type of thing to make ends meet. So I already wasn't making enough money working full time mm -hmm. at a job. And somebody showed me how to sell, you know, basically five and $10 earrings. And I made like thousands of dollars at parties selling five and $10 earrings. So I basically part time selling five and $10 earrings was making the same amount of money doing that as I was at a full-time job. Yeah, wow. So I came up with the idea, talking to some of my friends, that I would start promoting professional speakers because a friend of mine start, was doing it. And she said, hey, I can help you do that. Um, I was super scared because I'd never done anything like that before. So let me give you a little perspective here, Heather. Okay. I was a systems engineer at IBM. I had been working for them for 10 years. They had basically paid for my college degree. So I had a marketing and business degree and I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. I was going to be cold calling company executives to get professional speakers hired who I was promoting into a speaking slot of which there was only a few of at conferences they were having. I got four newer speakers who were just starting out and they agreed to each pay me $500 a month. And then I would get a 20% commission on selling their services into these organizations where they were hiring speakers at their conferences. So they obviously each had a speaking fee schedule, like a keynote presentation and workshops and things like that. And I will get 20% of the gross. So I created a basic script for each of these speakers because they were different and spoke in different industries about what I was going to say to these executives. 
So I had to research and get the names of the companies and the decision makers who were going to hire speakers at their conferences. Then I had to pick up the phone and make calls to executives. I know some people are already thinking, oh, my God, I'm already scared already. Yeah. So I have to call companies to get, you know, these speakers hired. So when I reached out to someone, I actually was stuttering and stammering. I was so nervous. And I'm not joking. And I think some of them actually felt so sorry for me. They would actually talk to me at least a little bit longer than they probably would have, because I think they felt sorry for me. I was like, uh, 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 I really was stuttering and stammering. It was pathetic. <laughs> I finally got one of my speakers, a speaking slot at a conference. And when I called her, I was so excited to tell her the news. She said, well, what am I going to talk about? And I said, well, <laughs> your job. You're the expert. I already did my job. I got you the speaking gig. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you said that to me. <laughs> so obviously over time, I gained some confidence and the stuttering and stammering thankfully stopped for the most part. And then after doing this for a few years, I decided to represent just one speaker who is now my husband and who seemed to be a good up and coming speaker at the time in the financial services industry. So I switched from having multiple speakers in multiple industries and switched to just him. And I said, OK, your monthly retainer, because it's a business, you know, it, originally we weren't married. We were just boyfriend and girlfriend. So I said, your monthly retainer is going to be two thousand dollars and 20 percent of anything that I sell. And I ended up basically taking his business from two hundred and fifty thousand to one point three million dollars in a really short period of time. And one year, my gross revenue from what I sold was two hundred and fifty thousand mm. dollars. And as a result, I went out and bought my uh, Mercedes SL 320 as a gift to myself. And this car had been on my vision board for years. Mm. And it was so cool to be in the position to achieve something that was on my vision board. I actually for months felt guilty after buying it because it cost more than what some people were making in a year. But I worked really hard for this goal and was successful at achieving it. So I think, you know, this challenge and fear really helped me realize, you know, what I'm good at and what I wanted to do with my life. So even though it was super scary to leave the security of a job and venture out on my own, it was the best thing that could have happened to me when I look back on it, because now I'm in a position where I have experience. I mean, I've, you know, been in business a while. So the business success principles I teach my one-on-one -on -one clients and I work with my one-on-one -on -one clients on, I've been there, I've road tested, I've done, you know, I've, I've done these things. So it really helps me be a better coach for them. Well, you know, all of those challenges and fears that we what we overcome in life teach us something, right? But we get to choose what we take away from it. But one of the things that I heard in the beginning of your story that I think directly relates to the accountability that we've been talking about is <laughs> what your mom was saying, because we all have someone who loves us that is maybe not a fan of the goal that we have or, or doesn't necessarily believe based on their own belief system, right? Or the fact that she just wasn't aware of 
something uh, like entrepreneurship as much as what's out there now. But we have people with the best of intentions that love us very much that are telling us things that might keep us from taking action toward our goals, which is why it's especially especially important to have someone that you choose that is going to be a proponent of you taking the actions to achieve those goals, right? Absolutely. There's unfortunately many times people that are in our lives that intentionally or unintentionally, and mostly it's unintentionally, hold us back because they want to keep us where we're at Mm -hmm. and don't want us to move on. I mean, I worked with a gentleman who had set really big goals. I mean, really big stretch goals and his partner, his friends, his relationships said, you're never in a million years going to achieve those goals and really tried to hold him back. And he luckily, he didn't listen to any of those people. And he just got focused. He did what it took. And he actually hit every, actually, he exceeded every one of his stretch goals, except one in which he hit. Wow. And that blew my mind. And it blew his mind, actually. I'm sure, you know, we, we, we're striving towards something, but then when we actually reach it, we we surprise ourselves sometimes. Yeah. Wow. That's great story. And, you know, it's so funny when anyone is listening to you right now to have you talking about when you were, you know, stammering because you were nervous on the phone, people are like, uh, yeah, she sounds pretty good right now. That must've been a long time ago. Right. <laughs> Well, the reality is too, podcasting for as long as I have been helps, right? So when I first started podcasting, I was so nervous Mm -hmm. and I was actually at a National Speakers Association conference in New York with my husband and this gentleman was talking about, I believe he was called The Morning Coach and he was talking about his podcast and I thought, I could probably do that. I don't have to be in front of a camera, but I could talk over a microphone. I could learn to do that. And so... I connected with him and got all the details and created a podcast and just started figuring it out and talking. Mm-hmm. And that was spent a long time ago, <laughs> but I think that certainly has helped me at least enhance my communication. I don't know if I'm a great communicator yet, but it certainly it helps me be better at it. That's right. You know what? The doing of the thing causes you to improve and achieve. Exactly. That's what we're talking about this entire show. You know, I'm certain that our listeners are wanting to know how they can get one of the books that we talked about or find out more about you. Um, Can you share where they can find you? And of course, we'll put some links in the show notes, but can you help them out now? Sure. They can always reach out to me at Anne and that's A-N-N-E at accountabilitycoach.com. And my website is simply accountabilitycoach.com. And of course, you can find my books and their audio, ebooks, ebook, audio combos, however you want to consume content. You can find all my books there and any other learning resources that you might be interested in. You can always set a consultation, complimentary consultation with me if you need help deciding what might be the best way to go that would help you the most. I love that. Thank you so much, Anne. Now, the time always flies by for us, but it's so it's around that time where you got to come up with that one thing, that one thing that's burning that you really want people to know. What is that? What do you want to leave them with? Well, I think that basically, 
I want people to aim for what they want each and every day. And remember, you choose and make choices every second of every day. So really pay attention to the choices that you make and make sure that those choices are moving you in the direction so that you can achieve your goals. Mm, love that. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Anne. And those of you out there who are listening, don't worry. We'll put the links to find Anne in the show notes. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. Leave us a review too. We love those and appreciate them very much. So all of you wishing you a wonderful day. Bye.